Hello, and welcome to The Good Glass. I mean, raise a glass. Come on in. Everything is fine. Oh, thanks. You, Hunter Danson, are on The Good Podcast, where we raise a glass to the stories and storytellers that shape us. Oh, that's... that's good. No ratings or stars or anything like that. Oh, that's... Very good. I I think that would give me a stomachache. But there are points. Points? Like for the stories? No, 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 no. For you. For example, if you make an insightful comment, you get plus five points. If that comment is about the Buffalo Bills, it is doubled. And then you add a few more. But if you ramble on, as you so often do, and bring us away off track without answering any of my original questions, which I always do, then, well, that's minus points. Like, maybe 500. Uh, That doesn't seem fair. Of course it is. You're on The Good Podcast. Oh, fork. Hello, and welcome to Raise a Glass. My name is Eric Lintola. Uh, you know who I am. And this is the podcast where we talk about the stories and storytellers that shape us. If that opening dialogue made no sense to you whatsoever, then you have uh, you are in for a treat today, as we are going to be talking about The Good Place. And I will remind everybody that this is a spoiler-filled podcast. And there is yeah. some pretty big spoilers in The Good Place. So yeah. if you are very interested in watching it and haven't seen it in the multiple years since it came out, probably worth watching uh, at least the first season uh, prior yeah. to listening to this podcast. Yeah, the first season is really, it's kind of like the sixth sense. You, it can, you can really spoil it. Uh, it is so unique. Uh, yeah. But we are getting into that a little bit later. First, Hunter, I have to know, what is in your glass? Well, I have a very medium place drink <laughs> because, because I have um, ginger beer that I made myself. Um, but I think I didn't put enough yeast in, so it didn't really get fizzy. Um, so it's kind of like sweet ginger syrup. And water. Um, but it is very gingery and it's spicy. It tastes like ginger beer. It's just like flat ginger beer, which is why it's medium place. But in order to try and get it into the good place, I uh, I put a little bourbon in it. Um, and it actually goes pretty well. So um, ginger beer and bourbon. How about you, Eric? I uh, have a Saranac Honey Pilsner, which is a Pilsner brewed with honey. Mm. Not as good as Blueberry Owl, but still pretty good. I think it might go well with blueberries. With some Blueberry Owl. Uh, 
I learned recently that there are some places that like add beer to milkshakes. Like a beer shake? Beer, big sh- no, beer milkshake? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how, how one does that well, but this could be a good base for one, I think. Yeah, I think it depends on the, on the beer. Like a, a milk stout would probably work. It's a little on the nose, Hunter. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> Hunter, what are you raising a glass and pouring one out for this week? Um, I'm uh, raising a glass to a guy named Sam Fadala, who wrote a book called Traditional Archery. Uh, I just was browsing in the library. I was like, I like traditional archery. I'll check that out. Something that and, so many people are thinking. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Let me go to the archery section of the library. I, it was just the nonfiction. No, no, no you know. the traditional archery section <laughs> of the library. Yeah, but it, it was good. I hadn't picked up my bow in a while. Uh, I have a, I guess it's kind of like a short bow, like a recurve. Um, I like, I like traditional archery. I like shooting without sights. I don't, or you know, using a stick bow. Um, and, uh, it was just nice to, to get out and shoot arrows again and, um, reading it. He's, he's a little bit quirky, uh, but it's, 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 it's good enough and had a lot of helpful stuff in it. Um, and inspired me to try going back to instinctive shooting because I was, I was using the tip of an air tip of the arrow as a sight. Um, because traditional bows, I, I guess newer ones, you can put sights on them, but usually you don't cause it's a traditional stick bow, but, uh, there is a system you can use where you aim with the point of the arrow, uh, at the target and there's specific things that you do, but this inspired me to go back to, you know, just, just shooting instinctive and practicing a lot and having fun, uh, shooting. So Sam Fadala. Thank you. Um, and I am pouring one out for inflation, uh, which I guess um, most adults in America, I guess, feel eventually. Um, <laughs> you know, I always, I always wondered, like, my parents would see a price and they'd be like, oh, that's way too much for that. Um, and now I am doing the same thing <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it just sucks. Um, those audio so, bills keep going up. I know. Yeah. Just like groceries. It's just like, why am I paying more for the things that I was buying before? Uh, same things I'm buying less now and I'm paying more. I don't understand. Uh, How about you? Hmm. I'm trying to think about something I'm raising a glass to that I haven't raised one to before on the podcast. Um, I am raising a glass today to just the generosity of family members. Um, got to spend time with two of my aunts who are watching my son today uh, for the second half of the day and, and just had so much fun 
walking with them through the garden and talking with them. And um, it really does take a village to raise a child. Um, and it's just, just fun being with them. And yeah, I've got such you know, close friends that are practically family as well as other family that have been helping me in my yard and um, seen some incredibly market, marked improvements back there. And that's always when. Um, and I am pouring one out, like hardcore pouring one out, maybe two, um, for flooding basements. Um, oh. So a couple of weeks ago, there was some rain and um, basement flooded. So I got up my shop vac, took out the dry mm. filter and was filling it up and pouring it out and received the great, great recommendation of like, hey, like, Maybe there's something wrong with the the pump or not the pump the the line going down to the sewer, whatever it is. I don't know. Mm. Like what if? Why don't you like try to suck the water out there? And so I was like, that's a good idea. Started sucking the water out there, and somehow the cap to the sewer oh popped out. Oh, and my. Uh, and I didn't realize for <laughs> a few minutes. I was dumping out one of the things of uh, one of the <laughs> shirt. Um, yeah. Full of shirt. Yes, yes, yes. full of shirt. Um, yeah, went from one to two, uh, and so <laughs> that, that became a uh, three or four hour project. Um, mm. so now we're having somebody come and check out, um, our basement and how to make sure it's more water tight. So, yay. Yay. And there we go. Let's go on to the show. <laughs> Maybe we yeah, should have so- a little, little music right here. So Hunter, today we are going to be talking about the good place. Uh, it has been a little bit of time, I'll admit, since I have watched the full show. Um, but I do very well remember the first season of this show. So I'd love to go into a quick summary of it. Um, and then you can go through seasons two and three, and I can finish with season four as we dive into our thoughts and even more so how it has shaped us. And uh, just give a spoiler warning one more time. Before we spoil everything for season one, turn off our podcast or listen to a different one. Listen to not. a different one. Yeah. Um, or say, we don't care about the good place. And yeah, I mean, it still would be probably good, good watching. I mean, it's still funny and really interesting. It's a very funny show. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's, yeah. So this is your final warning. So the good place begins with Eleanor waking up and seeing a sign that says everything is fine in an office. She is then welcomed into the inner sanction of a sanctuary of the office by a man named Michael, played by none other than Ted Danson, where she is told that she has entered the good place. The good place is one of two options for where you can go when you die. The other is the bad place until season two, where there's a third option. <laughs> You enter the good place by doing enough good things in your life that you cross a certain point threshold, where then for eternity, you are in the good place. If you did not make it to that point threshold, you end up in the bad place where you are tormented for eternity. 
As a member of the good place, you are given a house to live in. You are given amazing opportunities and and pretty much anything you want to at your fingertips by none other than uh, Janet, who is a, um, a robot of sorts. Who not a robot? <laughs> who <laughs> answer? <laughs> who will who will make anything happen for you? And you are given a soulmate who we will be with for the rest of eternity. Eleanor enters into her house, which is also provided for her, which she hates because it's made like a clown, and then meets her soulmate, Chidi. Uh, As it goes on, she meets multiple other people, the primary couple of whom are Tahini and a monk. Tahani, yeah. (laughs) I said I wasn't going to make that mistake. I just made hummus. Uh, <laughs> and so I was using tahini and I, this is going to happen multiple times. I've used tahini like three times in my life. And one of them just happens to be before we talk about tahani. Over the course of the first season in building this relationship with tahani and her soulmate. <laughs> Dang it. Gianu. G- Gianu, yes. Yes, um, at first. <laughs> she realizes, and then all four of them, um, well, and yeah, really, Chini, Chidi, Eleanor, Tahani, and Jason um, realize that they are in the wrong place. Um, and the big reveal is at the end of the season where while they thought they were in the good place, Eleanor decides and realizes and calls Michael out saying, this is the bad place. Ha, 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 ha. Michael a turn. Michael's yeah. turn is really good. Oh, yeah. That was a rough uh, summary of the first season. <laughs> Hunter, take it away. Season two. <laughs> well, since Eleanor figures it out, uh, Michael decides to try again. He reboots them and um, he he erases their memories. Um, And at first there's like a head bad place guy who has been playing a different part. Like (laughs) all of the, all of the demons in, Oh no, sorry. All of the people in the neighborhood uh, are actually demons. Like there's a bunch of other people in neighborhood playing parts and the only actual humans in the neighborhood are Eleanor, Chidi, Jason, and Tahani. Uh, and they're all being tortured by these demons who are playing humans. Um, and so Michael gets to go ahead from Sean to reboot them and try again. And Eleanor figures it out pretty quickly. She like writes a note to herself and sticks it in Janet's mouth. Because um, <laughs> Janet doesn't eat. Uh, she she's not a robot and she's not a girl. Uh, she's a depository of all knowledge in the universe and much more than that too. Like you can ask Janet for anything like, Hey Janet, can I have actually good, you know, fizzy ginger beer and she'll show up, pop out of nowhere sure. and, and give you some good ginger beer. Yeah. So um, in, in season two, they reboot them and like by the second episode it, like michael has tried like 
300 times uh, and they all figure it out. One time Jason figures it out. Jason is an idiot. (laughs) Yeah, Jason. uh, So so Jianu, who you think is a monk, uh, is Tahani's soulmate. And he has taken a vow of silence, uh, which tortures, which is torturing Tahani. Um, The sort of premise for this is based on uh, the quote, hell is other people by uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. But he's actually Jason Mendoza. Jason Mendoza from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, and he died. No, we can't get we, we, that's yeah. season three. Sorry, season but, two. Um, yeah, but he he's not the brightest, and he figures it out. And Michael is like, Jason figured it out. Oh, this one hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what happens is Michael ends up having to team up with the humans because one of the other demons named Vicky, who's kind of a, a, a showboat, she thinks he's like a really good actor. She plays uh, Eleanor's, she plays the the actual Eleanor that is supposed to be in the good place. Cause it's very clear from the beginning that that Eleanor is not supposed to be there. Like he's Michael shows Eleanor memories that aren't hers. Um, and uh, so Eleanor from the beginning knows that she's impo- is an imposter and that's sort of part of her torture um, and having to learn ethics from Chidi and everything. But uh, so Vicky wants to, she, she says, tells Michael, cause Michael wasn't supposed to reboot them again a second time. He, he wasn't supposed to reboot them a third time and he's done it like 300 times. She's like, I'm going to go tell Sean uh, you know, that you've been rebooting it. This isn't working because this is like a whole new way to torture humans that Michael has dreamed up. You know, it's like they've been, yeah, they've just been using, uh, you know, wasps with mouths that like, I forget even like they, they come up with all these really silly things to torture humans, like butt spiders and or spider diapers and, uh, all the things. Yes, all the weird things. I watched the little web series and <laughs> Sean at the end, he's like, hold on, I have to go make Emily Dickinson listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> it's like, that's creative, but it's not as creative as Michael's plan to make these four people torture each other uh, while they think that they're in the good place. And so Michael uh ends up teaming up with them because if he gets found out he's going to get retired uh which his essence will be split up and burned on the surface of a million suns uh for eternity so he doesn't want that to happen to him um a lot of and in this show yeah and so they end up they end up going to the bad place and trying to like get to the good place because they sort of start to realize that the system by which people are judged is wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. and Michael ends up being on the side of the humans and like forming relationships with them. He goes through an existential crisis. Um, That's like the first big step for him is realizing that he's going to die because he's an immortal demon. Um, And (laughs) he like, he does, does a bunch of weird stuff. He acts, he acts like a, uh, middle-aged old man would like gets a Ferrari and 
gets he does does a bunch of weird things has like a existential crisis and and like he, so he's sort of on their side by the end of season 2 and they're trying to get to the judge the actual judge um to say like hey this system is kind of messed up because uh you know the like the the whole points system um is it, it's you know they calculate a a point number based on every action that you do mm-hmm. um so like one of the joke ones in the intro video and i just have it playing in front of me right now so i refreshed my memory but one of the like plus 99,000 points was not talking about veganism unprompted uh <laughs> um which is just a joke one, but like, or there's like ending slavery, which is like plus, you know, a hundred million points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, you know, they, they get into it a little bit more where like, okay, you go to buy your mother roses, uh, but mm-hmm. those roses were grown with um, <clears throat> chemicals that harm the environment and uh, all these other factors that, bring what a what would have been a positive action they bring it negative uh Mm -hmm. to a negative score so at the end of season two they they actually end up proving to the judge that the system is wrong uh because they there's a lot of other antics and stuff but the judge ends up going to earth to see what it's like and then she comes back and she's like oh it's it's awful earth is awful you guys have really (laughs) It, everywhere is just awful in a different way. Um, and so they basically end up doing an experiment where they say, okay, these four people were pretty bad when they got here. Eleanor, Chidi, Tahani, and Jason. And they mm-hmm. all have their own flaws. Like Eleanor is just really bad. It's like she was really selfish on earth. Super selfish. Super selfish and mean and alone like a loner and pushed away everyone and uh her day job was like selling fake medicine uh over the phone (laughs) and she was the best salesman (laughs) like six years running (laughs) um uh jason had no impulse control like petty criminal yeah he his default reaction to things like predicaments is to throw a molotov cocktail um <laughs> and it becomes a gag like <laughs> how fast he can put together a molotov cocktail tahani was obsessed with what everyone thought of her she was super rich her family was super rich uh but she was always jealous of her sister oh my goodness yep. who, yeah it was you actually start feeling quite bad for Tahani when they were sort of reveal more yeah. of her backstory. And, and Chidi's fatal flaw is that he could never make a decision. Never. He was a terrible never. friend because he could never make a yeah. decision. And and those he, all work into the way they die. So yeah. um, Eleanor was played by Kristen Bell. Like, can't, like, is just a jerk all the time and is like, well, exactly what we said. She gets run over by a group of runaway uh, shopping carts. <laughs> She drops a lonely girl margarita mix <laughs> and gets hit by a bunch of shopping carts. And, and then she's, she's like, oh, so that's how I died. And then Mike was like, well, actually, you were able to hold on to the shopping carts. And then you went into the road 
and a truck advertising erectile dysfunction pills <laughs> actually killed you. And then your ex-boyfriend on this, your, the EMT on the scene was actually your ex-boyfriend. She's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Chidi <laughs> um, died uh, because he couldn't make a decision about what to do for his friend's bachelor party, which his friend knew he couldn't, um, was, gave him a test run. And while he's unable to make a decision, a, an air conditioning unit falls out of a building onto his head and kills him. Um, Tahani dies by attacking uh, a statue of her sister, right? Uh, yeah. And the statue falls down on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> Jason dies <laughs> because they're trying to do like an Ocean's Eleven type heist where he like robbing a pizza joint. <laughs> yeah. But he was brought into the building inside of a, an airtight, um, uh, safe safe. Yeah. And his friend <laughs> didn't know the combination to open it, which is a terrible way to die, but also it, really funny. Cause he was wearing fake mustache. Uh, and Jason brought a snorkel <laughs> into the safe, <laughs> thinking that he could breathe through the snorkel. <laughs> Uh, and so season uh, three is them living on, like trying it again on earth to, to test their hypothesis about whether or not um, people can get better. And they, for, they're forced to forget everything about the good place. And they're not, they're, they're like, there's a constant stream of Michael and, and Janet looking at their numbers and the judge and like, have they, have they even grouped? Have they not? And the judge, and there's a specific amount of time in which case then the decision will be made. And they're, they're not improving until they're found a way for them to all interact together. Oh yeah. And as soon as that happens, their, their numbers start going up relatively positive. Um, but there's a question of whether it was enough. Yeah. And that relatively accurately brings us to season four, which is primarily focused on entering the good place and then uh, they so they enter the good place and find out that all of the the good demons that the angels things like uh, have given up um, and have and all the people that are in the good place, which is not that many people, are just like tired and want to be want it to be done. Um, and so then Michael and Chidi. And Eleanor and Tahani and Jason end up having to devise a system um, for which to change the good place and the bad place rules um, and to like revitalize the good place. And what they land on is that everybody it, – it's, it's actually relatively simple, similar. Um, but when you die, you will either enter the good place or you will enter like a – test simulator mm-hmm. that you will keep going through and going through and going through until you like have improved in the various areas of your life where you are noticeably bad. And once you've improved to a certain space, you are then, you then enter the good place. Like once you realize that racism is wrong, uh, if that was your only fault, you would then enter the good place. Right. <clears throat> 
yeah, I think they'd, they'd give you like a class, uh, like an ethics class. Um, and then they let you learn. They let you, they put you in a, like a testing environment, um, and give you like a big test that tests your, you know, fatal flaw. Um, and if you pass, you can go to the good place. Uh, I think it's season. So season two is when they go to earth. Oh, okay. And then, and then season three, they do an experiment where they have four people. Oh my goodness. I forgot come about that. To a neighborhood and a Eleanor season. ends up running the neighborhood. Eleanor ends up playing like the Michael. Michael. Um, and they're trying to see if these four people will get better um, in, in the same situation that, you know, the four of them were in. Um, and then uh, once you've entered the good place, you can decide if you want to, to leave the good place by way of entering into a space where your essence is dissolved into the rest of creation. Um, which many of the individuals, in fact, everybody, um, except uh, Tahani, ends up deciding to do at some point, um, because at some point the, it's there's no longer anything left to. They, they're they're full and they they don't need mm-hmm. anything else, um, and the irony of this show is by the end of it, Eleanor is completely very selfless and other centric, incredibly kind. Chidi can make decisions. Dahani is loves people and is not, does not care about who she is um, in her own, like a sense of accomplishment in that sense. And Jason has actually practiced time as a monk uh, (laughs) for possibly years. And possibly Michael, a thousand years. <laughs> a thousand. And, and Michael ends up as um, a human living out life on earth because that's what he wants to try. Yeah. Whew. And that's the way it shaped us. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked so long. That was so long, Hunter. I mean, we summarized four seasons. Yeah, There's a lot we, that happens. Mm-hmm. So Hunter, I'm thinking about how it shaped me. Um, this this whole show is, is um, directed. Uh, you know, the showrunner is Michael Schur, um, who I know most well from Parks and Recreation, which is maybe still my favorite show of all time. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Well, at least favorite comedy. I love New Girl though. Um, the Pawnee Harvest Festival with Little <laughs> Sebastian is like, we could probably do an entire episode on that. I think that's one of the best episodes of that show. I think it's mm. even in season season two or season three. Anyways. Um, so Michael Schur's idea, especially for the first season of the show, was just spectacular. Um, it, I was just completely caught off guard watching with my wife that um, it was the bad place. Um, and I remember... Just spending a lot of time. One of the things I love about good shows and, and funny shows is is they, they can just like bring you into the universe and just kind of leave you there, mm-hmm. and then just make you laugh. And then the right turn or the the the, the, the reveal when it's actually the bad place was like what? 
And then we were left for like a year because we were actually watching that part, I think, when it came out, asking the question, so what are they going to do next? I really hope they don't just redo the whole thing in season two. Like, hmm. um, And then the season two, in the first episode, they redid everything up to them finding out and it was hilarious like oh yeah they so they did the entirety of what we thought season two would be in the first episode and a half um yeah and and so it was just continually creative um and a show that just made us just feel a lot of have a lot of fun um and then as time goes on and this is not going to be a surprise to listeners out there who've who've paid attention or, or heard a few of our episodes at least um, there's a lot of conversation about life and death and theology and philosophy. And those are things that I find very interesting. Um, mm. Not interesting academically in the sense of like, I'm not going to go through more of the four or five syllable words and kind of walk through, you know, the train scenario and all these different mm-hmm. the trolley scenario and all these different things. Utilitarianism um, and contractualism. Yeah, I don't really care about that stuff. Um, but I care for the way it like impacts practice. And I know that those things really do. Um, and so that's why I think that the academic aspect of things is important, but it's just a lot of really good questions that it brings up. And so like one of the characters in this show who you meet on the first episode, um, but don't actually ever meet in person until what, season two or season three is what's his name? Jake something. Um, uh, there's a random dude. Oh, is it Doug Forsett? Doug, Doug Forsett. Sorry. It's, yeah. it's Doug Forsett. There's a random guy, Doug, who, uh, in one fit of craziness, um, smoking some shrooms. Yeah. Planned out yeah. or like theorized everything, like 97% of what was true about the point system for the good place and the bad place. And so they go and meet him at one point. And he's like trying to like point rake or like, what, what's there's a better wording for that in, in gaming. Um, uh, he's just trying to grub points. Yeah. He's, and so like he accidentally runs over a snail until so he goes and like has a cemetery, like a, a burial service for the snail and like he's entirely living this life for the, the next life. And it asks this question, like, like what does it look like if that were to be you to live your entire life now for the future? Um, he just eats lentils and radishes and he drinks his own pee <laughs> because he doesn't want to pollute the environment. So he, or use too much or use power or anything. So he, he lives off the grid and he um, filters his urine uh, and that's the drinking water that he drinks. So he can have zero carbon footprint Um and he still doesn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. He still doesn't make it. <laughs> but I asked a lot of deep theological questions in a way that made them appropriate to culture. And it does it in a way that doesn't say this is the answer, even though it does lean on philosophy as the answer, which I think is, I have thoughts on. <laughs> Uh, and it's a, it's a show my wife and I will come back to. We had so much fun. Mm. Like a lot of shows, like, well, maybe not. The first season of it was so good. And then it dipped down a little bit. And then the fourth season was also really good. 
um, mm. in my experience of it. It was funny throughout, but um, really enjoyed the first season. Yeah, it's definitely a really unique experience. I mean, you've heard me say before, I don't really care that much about spoilers, but I'm really glad that I got to experience the first season without spoilers because it gives you time to like kind of soak in the idea and to um, like question it and try and figure out what's going on because you know, something is wrong from the beginning because Eleanor is not supposed to be there. Um, So it's sort of like, okay, this is the good place, but like what is going on in the universe that it could Mm -hmm. make a mistake um, which is really just fascinating, really interesting, the, like philosophical question. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, but it's also really funny. You know, there's so, so much funny. comedic potential to such a funny show. And it's funny from the beginning. <clears throat> like yeah. I made a joke at the beginning about like being a Bills fan. Right. Um, but mm-hmm. one of like the things that gives you a lot of positive points is rooting for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> like that's really funny. <laughs> right? It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh one of the things that gives you a lot of negative points is having a personalized license plate. Vanity plate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under, it's clear to us that there's um, that we both really enjoyed the show and had a lot of fun with it. Um, are there other ways that it's shaped you? Um, I, I I've watched it just recently. Kim and I watched it over the past, I guess, two months or so. Um, and our 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 TV watching schedule because we have kids is like we watch when we can. (laughs) So we'll like watch a bunch of episodes when we have the time Mm -hmm. to, because you don't always, you don't really have a regular time. Um, It's kind of hard, but it's (laughs) negative 40.57 points for overstating a personal connection to a tragedy that has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I, I, I feel like it's so fresh for me. Um, It has, it is connected to a lot of different things that I have been thinking about lately. Mm. Um, Like heaven. Uh, I read a book called the divine conspiracy by Dallas Willard recommended to me by a friend. And he, at the end, he sort of gives this vision of heaven of, a place that, you know, is not just endless. It's not just a place where you can just get whatever you want, you know, cause that's in the good place. That's what the good place is. It's like you call Janet and she gives you whatever you want. Like mm. you don't, you don't have to work for anything. You don't have to do anything. And then the people in, in the good place, their brains turn to mush because they are just constantly, uh, experiencing all of the pleasure 
and joy and and everything that they want. They're just constantly on on dopamine highs, and that just kind of you know melts their brain after you know mm-hmm. a thousand years or so. Um, <clears throat> and so, the, like Dallas Willard, he, he presents his vision as like you know in heaven, it's not just going to be all the things that you did on earth, all the things that you cared about or the things that you practiced are not just going to be irrelevant. Like heaven can be a place where your truest self is fulfilled. Um, and it, it's, you know, it, he can't give too much detail because he's going on the Bible and the Bible doesn't, it doesn't give, I mean, you might be able to help me on here, but it's not like super detailed about heaven. Um, nope. But like, if we are, if we are becoming, you know, sons and daughters of God, then we are, you know, I, I don't think Jesus is just sitting up in heaven, just hanging out, you know, <laughs> like Jesus is doing things. God is creative. He's constantly mm-hmm. doing things. And so, you know, I've been thinking about this thought for a long time after I read the book, like, what if the best book that I write, I don't write on earth, I write it in heaven. Um, or, you know, I write it in eternity or afterwards. And, and it's just a really, you know, the good place really thinks about that, uh, about what existing for eternity in a paradise would, would be like, or what it would do to you. Would it actually be paradise? Because all the people, all the angels, quote unquote angels running the good place, resign immediately and give all authority to Michael when he gets there because they don't know what to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because everyone there are just like happy zombies. Um, And so thinking about that and, um, you know, point, the point system got me thinking a lot too. Like I was thinking of like, certain things that I was doing, like, would this get, how many, how many points would this give me? (laughs) Is this a negative or a positive action? Uh, You know, it's that, so it kind of uh, shaped my daily life in that way too. Um, (laughs) And I, I just really like the characters. I love, I like, I like all of them. I think if I had to pick one that I relate to the most, it's Chidi. Um, <laughs> big surprise because <laughs> Chidi he just she, I, I, Chidi's just the real heart of the show for me Chidi's um, amazing if Chidi wasn't there the yeah. show wouldn't be enjoyable also yeah. I, I, yeah I mean it's true to say about any of the characters but I think I, I agree with Chidi I, I agree with you about Chidi yeah because they're like you know Chidi was a professor of ethics he spent his entire life writing a 3600 page thesis um about morality and ethics <laughs> uh that he never finishes <laughs> and um there's there's kind of a funny scene where like michael uh comes to chidi and he's like chidi i i tried to read your thesis uh and and i am an immortal beating being i can read a thousand pages in one second and I couldn't finish your thesis. <laughs> 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 um, because Chidi, he, he like, he wants to find the right answer to everything. Um, 
you know, when he was a kid, he, his parents were having some, some trouble, I guess. And so he gave them a hour long presentation about why they should not get divorced, why they should stay together, Mm -hmm. um, as like an eight year old. Um, it's a really cute scene. Um, but he, he does that throughout his life where he'll spend like 30 minutes trying to choose what kind of flavor muffin he wants or like an hour just choosing, you know, a blueberry muffin or a chocolate chip muffin. Like were these, were these blueberries picked in a, in a fair and organic way Were they grown organically? Was it good for the environment Were the workers treated well who picked these blueberries? Uh, whereas with the chocolate chip muffin, it's like, you know, uh, what about the chocolate? Where does that come from with the cocoa beans that were used in the chocolate? Like, should I just not have a muffin? Or it's like, he did, he can't make decisions because it's, it's so hard to make good decisions. Um, and I relate to that very much. Uh, I, I want to be right all the time. Uh, and, and I just, it's not possible. I can't be. Um, there are factors that are in my control and factors that aren't, <laughs> but, um, I don't know who I'm most like in the show. I'm really not sure. I definitely see some Jason qualities to me <laughs> uh, responding kind of rashly quickly, but also some Tahani ones <laughs> loving the pomp and circumstance and um, an affirmation. Yeah. Definitely also- caring what people think. I, I, I relate to that. <laughs> Sometimes we kind of dive deep in the show, in this podcast, about how things have shaped us. We feel like there needs to be a good answer to it. Um, maybe somewhat related to what Hunter just said about relating to Chidi. Um, <laughs> sometimes a show or a story just shapes you because you remember it and you enjoyed it and you want to go back <laughs> to it and encourage others to to listen to it, to watch it, to read it, to interact with it, to look mm-hmm. at it, to whatever it might be. And you, cause you want to have a shared experience. And one of the fun things about this podcast is we invite each other into shared experiences. <laughs> and as we've progressed yeah. in the podcast, there've been probably less and less shared experiences that we naturally have and more <laughs> that we're inviting each other into. But this is mm-hmm. one where we both naturally have, like yeah. we both really enjoyed the good place. And wanted to talk about it together. Yeah. And so that seems a little bit more rare nowadays. Um, not yeah. that we both don't enjoy a thing, but more that we both like naturally came upon it. Um, there's just so many things. There's so many things. <laughs> so many books, so many shows, like diff- so many different streaming services, like so many stories and storytellers. That's right. And Michael Schur is probably one of the best in comedy right now. I don't know what he's been working on recently. Um, I'm sure other people do, but oh, we could talk about so many different things from the show. Um... Reboot the earth. Reboot the earth. <laughs> That's what the judge sings because she ends up. 
wanting to reboot the earth once they find out that everything is bad on earth she's like okay we'll just start over and they're like wait they're really happy because they won the case (laughs) and then they're like wait wait what are you trying to do (laughs) and uh she's gonna reboot the earth um and so janet steals the reboot button puts it in her void because janet has a void inside of her because she's not a robot um and there's a bunch of different janets like there's a good place janet and there's a bad place janet (laughs) the bad place janet when you ask her for things she shows up she's like dressed in leather and she's just on her phone all Mm -hmm. the time makes (laughs) a lot of fart noises yeah but there's a disco janet and uh she goes in the judge goes into the disco janet and the judge is like dancing to that song the ring my bell song ring my bell ring my bell and so then she starts singing reboot the earth reboot the earth i really like janet like the act the actor who played janet was so talented mm-hmm. like there's there's an episode where do you remember she hides them in her void at some, at one point. Cause they're sort yep. of like fugitives. And when they're in the void, um, they all look like Janet. Um, so it's this one actor playing all four of the other characters. Uh, and she has so much range and, and like they're wearing like this very similar. Well, no, I think they might have different clothes. Um, they do have different clothes to differentiate them. But she does such a good job of affecting all of the different, all four of the characters. Um, and there's so many different kinds of Janets and stuff. And Andrew, there's, there's one of the things I really enjoy doing, and I did that at least with the first season, my wife and I did, um, is, is watching something when it comes out. Mm. Um, and 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 I feel this more with movies and and with books, uh, but with movies going to the opening showing, like there is something about going to the opening showing of a movie that to me is just fills me with joy. Like that is the only time you'll be in a theater full of people you don't know who are as excited about the thing as you are. And like I can remember where I was when you know, I can remember the theaters at multiple movies. Um, Lion King, not Lion King, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, um, many of the Marvel movies, including Black Panther and um, Endgame. Hmm. When the, and Dune, most, one of the ones more recently, when the theater just erupted like at various points. Just full joy, full excitement and celebration. Or watching one of my favorite books been me into a TV show with some friends the night it came out, like the first three episodes. Um, and those book series I'm reading right now, or books I'm reading right now that I'm reading when, like, as soon as they come out, I'm, I've been buying them and I've been reading them along with a hundred thousand other people, many of whom I don't know. Um, and just getting excited about that. And that's what we did with the good place. Um, again, at least the first season of it. Um, and then with the other ones, I think we watched them more on Netflix than when they came out on, I think, NBC or whatever. They, 
know it was, but it was so much fun kind of interacting with this without any spoilers, but also in a way that kind of put us in like a small group, like in insiders um, who had seen and remembered the good place. And I think it had a little bit less staying power than I expected it as far as like, I haven't heard a lot of things about the good place recently outside of what Hmm. we've talked about. Um, But it was a very unique TV show. And, and this is one of the things I really like about the show. It knew when it should end. There's a lot of shows Mm -hmm. that just kind of keep going because they keep making money. But not because they have more show to tell or more story. Mm -hmm. And this is a story that was like, no, we we need to be done after four seasons. Like There shouldn't be a fifth season. Yeah. And and I think that's something really special to that. Um, Creating something with the knowledge that it's not, that it's a finite thing. And, and leaning into that and celebrating that. And, and that is also much of the focus of the good place. That life is a finite thing, which is what prompts the question of what happens after. Mm. Yeah. It's season four basically asks the question, like what, gives life meaning i guess mm-hmm. and uh, their answer is the end um which I, i'm not sure i disagree with i guess it's just i don't i don't think that the show could have done it in a better way like there isn't a better answer outside of uh, finite brains cannot imagine the infinite. And one of right. the, the, one of the most incredible things about our faith and that we leave, believe in an, not an afterlife, but an everlasting life is that that is decided and, and built by an infinite, the infinite in God. And, it is what makes the understanding and the comprehension of heaven. So faulty and the Bible talks that you're going to have bodies in heaven. And yet our culture talks about heaven as being angels and and you're going to float around and be corporeal or non-corporeal. And the good place gave us bodies And I don't think our bodies will look exactly like we looked like on earth. And I think the Bible talks about that, Um, but we'll be distinguishable. Um, And so much of the conversation around heaven that, and you've talked about this already that I think I've heard as well in my life is like, yeah, but is that actually interesting? Do I want to be there? Like is if there's going to be a bunch of people sitting around in a circle saying, God, like, is that interesting? (laughs) And part of that is us not understanding worship. Part of it's not us being finite and not understanding the infinite, um, yet being invited into the infinite, the unconditional. 
I mean, I think we are. Yes. Yes, I agree. The one quibble I have is that I think that we are like, we have a sense that we are eternal Mm -hmm. that, you know, regardless of our fate, I think most of us feel like we have something that is going to last, you know, that's like, like, cause we are, that's why we have existential crises. Um, just thinking about like not existing is scary. Um, and not just scary in like an animal sense, but like scary philosophically. Um, like we don't, most people I know don't want to die. Um, and yet we are also like, I know I'm speaking from a very, uh, from my cultural point of view, um, which we talk a lot about heaven and hell, um, not just in the church, like people, most people in American culture are familiar with the idea of heaven and hell and this idea that good people go to heaven or bad people go to hell. Um, but I think it like, I feel like, you know, the, the good place itself as a TV show is, doesn't really talk about religion. Um, it doesn't really talk about Jesus. It says something at the beginning where he's like, Christianity got about 10%, right? Buddhism got about 10%, right? Hinduism, another 10%. And, you know, Doug Forsett is the only one who got 97%. Um, <clears throat> but, like, the good place itself has this idea of heaven and hell as as the sort of structure, good place and a bad place. <laughs> because I think, like... <sighs> stories and and story the the like why do we tell stories you know why do we communi- communicate with each other with complex language about totally abstract ideas um like it's because we have you know in the in the bible it would be the image of god the breath of god breathed into us and that itself is eternal um but, you know, then there's the conversation about justification and everything else. Um, and so, yes, we cannot comprehend heaven because we're mortal, obviously. Um, but in the beginning, we weren't really, we weren't going to die. In the beginning, we were in the Garden we of Eden. We were created to be immortal. Right. And so that is still true, but there's a problem. And, you know, we, we still have like a sense of eternity we we see like a like a dim reflection in the mirror as the apostle paul says uh but but we can't we can't really grasp it um we're very off track there is one thing about this show that i wanted to to say actually um go for it that I, that I really loved, which is how dumb evil is, <laughs> like how dumb the demons are. Um, like their best ideas for torturing people, people are like scorpion diapers, like 
what, what could we do? Like, let, let's turn them inside out. Uh, let's, let's twist people like all this physical torture and stuff. And Michael is the only one who has had like a novel torture <laughs> idea um, for forever. Like, you know, demons were t- have been torturing people for as long as there have been people. <laughs> Michael's the first one to come up with something that's like actually a new idea, not just another way to inflict physical pain. Um, <laughs> and it's just, I love Trevor, uh, Adam Scott's character, who he also plays Ben from Parks and Rec. The way he's introduced, he's sort of like the bad place guy coming to get Eleanor because Eleanor reveals that she is actually not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And he just, <laughs> he's just like awful in the dumbest ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like he's the kind of guy who would cut his toenails on an airplane. Um, <laughs> or like they're like eating at a really nice, uh, like he he's hanging out in the good place for a while because they're sort of negotiating with Michael. And so he they're eating a really nice dinner at a really nice good place restaurant. And he's like eating this really fancy fork. And he's like, man, I can't wait to poop this out. Um, just like all this really dumb stuff. And the demons are just, they're so dumb uh, because evil is dumb. Plus 300 points. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to Raise a Glass, the show where the points are made up. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> that is a good gem. Also, that was a great sound of that cup. Can you hear that? Oh, thank you. It's medium place ginger beer. You have to shake it as you drink it so that the ginger doesn't settle. So we didn't talk about the medium place at all. It's probably not worth talking about too much, but the idea is that there is a medium place for the one person in the entirety of humanity who um, could not be decided whether or not she should be in the good place or the bad place. Cause she was a bad person. Um, but she created something. I can't remember what it is that like cured polio or something like that. And so there's so many positive things that impacted because of what she did after she mm-hmm. died though. So like, right. Ah. So they put her in the medium place where she just does a lot of cocaine. Yeah, and other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's definitely not she, a medium place type character. Uh, you're like, yeah, mm, okay. <laughs> and they end up there while the judge is making waiting while they're waiting for the judge to make one of the decisions. Mm-hmm. But no, they run run away on the train to the medium place. Yeah. Andrew, do you have any last questions for us? I do. Um, If you had to invent your own creative bad place, what would it be? It's like a Dante circle of hell type thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, if you were Michael designing a scenario for you. For me uh, specifically. Yes. For you specifically. What sort of scenario would you invent for yourself? Um, I think there'd be some aspect to mine where I would feel like I was doing really important work that was ultimately never able to be achieved and gave me a migraine every time I started working on it. Um, I think that would, I think that would keep me there though. Cause I think that's part of the piece is like, I would want to like, like I would just get a migraine, like splitting migraine 
Um, I think that would be a part of it. Um, I'll have to think more. Uh, what do you got? What are you thinking? It would be sort of like a never ending um, jukebox of various scenarios uh, focused around skills that I practice. So maybe I would have like a guitar performance. It would be like a pretty important performance for me where I'm playing my own music uh, in front of like a crowd that is not just people that I know. Um, (laughs) And I would do really well. I would be like, I would be doing really, really well. And it would get to like a crucial part in the song, like um, a guitar solo or like a specific point in the solo where there's silence and then you hit a note or something and the note is really clear and high and that's like the central note of the solo and I would miss it. Would you miss it or the string break? Like, are we trying to do a thing where you think it's no, a good place? I I would miss it. Okay. You know, I mean, cause they could like just tweak it a little bit so that I felt like I missed, messed it up. It was my fault. Um, and then the, the every, and everyone afterwards would, wouldn't tell me that it was bad or that I messed up. I, w- I could just see it in their faces where they'd just be like, Oh, you did a, you did a great job, Hunter. Good job. That was really, that was really something, but I would know, <laughs> I would know that I messed up or I would be cooking and I would forget a certain ingredient or I'd make a catastrophic mistake. Like, like making pizza and uh, forgetting to put it on a nonstick mat or something. Mm. So I do all the pizza correct. This actually happened to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds like it. Oh. I do all the pizza correctly and then, uh, you know, make the dough and everything. And it would be really good tasting, but you couldn't get it off the pan <laughs> without mangling it. Um so I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, this tastes this tastes great as they're eating pizza with a fork and knife. Um or just uh yeah, various yeah. things like that. I always feel that way when I'm playing Dominion with people sometimes, most of the time, because I talk about Dominion a lot and how much I love it, and it's my <laughs> favorite board game. And then when I get together with people who have not played Dominion as much as I am and they win, uh, like more than once or twice, it's like, I told them this was my favorite game and I play it a lot. Like I should be good at this, but I'm not. (laughs) Do you mean just people that haven't played the game as much as you, or are you primarily talking about people that are new to the game? Um, who haven't played as much as I have, who aren't like fans of Dominion. Okay. You know, because I am kind of a fan of Dominion, but I just don't practice enough to be super good at it. So that would be my sort of bad place is just the never ending jukebox of me making specific little mistakes that mess up everything and blaming (laughs) myself. I think mine would also involve me saying some stupid things and like not being able to apologize, or, like take them back, and, like mm-hmm. having conversations in my head. I'm trying to think about it because it, it has to be something that's not actually like 
that I wouldn't realize is a bad, like a bad place thing. Mm. Um, or like, I don't know. I made jam the other day and it turned into a syrup. Didn't set. That would be a, a bad place type thing. But the syrup actually turned out really, really good. So turned into a good place. I was like, oh, I should do this. Make this mistake more often. Like minus 500 points to plus, plus 590. So mm. bonus points. Nice. Hunter, my brain is just kind of shot. I feel like uh, that's probably pretty clear here. Um, and while I would love to keep talking about this, I don't think there's much more I got. Okay. I think my tank's pretty empty. Hmm. This, I will say, as an ending way it has shaped me for the future, I, I have a renewed interest in philosophy. Because um, I didn't have a great experience in college with philosophy. Um, nothing against the professor or anything. It was just not the great context for it for me. Um, but I do want to learn more about like Kant and Aristotle and Plato and actually read some primary sources. I, I want to read the book that I think this whole show was really based on, which was what we owe to each other by TM Scanlon, which is about contractualism as a sort of, like social contracts as a, as a foundation for a moral ideas. Um, but as a foundation for like a moral system. Um, and I think going back to what you said about experiencing art together with people, uh, and like, I agree. I think that's the favorite, my, one of my favorite things about this podcast is, um, experiencing new art that I wouldn't seek out before mm -hmm. uh, and connecting with you over it and also sharing things with you that I absolutely love that are a big part of me because like stories are, are personal. They're, you know, for the author, mm -hmm. in my opinion, they're often, they're a part of the author themselves. They're a part of, you know, people put, a piece we put pieces of what we are into everything that we do um yeah and this like the four characters in the good place the good place for them becomes the four of them being together yeah like as long as they're together they are in the good place um And as long as we are together on this podcast, we are on the good podcast. So thank you. just want to read some of my favorite um, <laughs> Jason lines from Reddit uh, before we end with one of the deepest uh, dialogues between Jason and Michael. Uh, Jason, <clears throat> I'm too young to die and too old to eat off the kids' menu. What's a stupid age I am. Anytime I had a problem, I threw a Molotov cocktail. Boom. Right away. I had a different problem. You guys should listen to me. I came up with thousands of ideas in my life and only one of them got me killed. 
I wasn't a failed DJ. I was pre-successful. <laughs> Maybe I'll finally get some of those squiggles on my brain. Doctor says my brain's as smooth as an egg. You know, Sean, you used to be cool, but you've changed, man. In Jacksonville, I got a flu virus named after me because I kissed a bat on a dare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jason. (laughs) I give great advice. That's why I'm in the good place. She makes the bass drop. In my heart. <laughs> oh, Chidi's rap musical. My name is Kierkegaard and my writing is impeccable. Check out my teleological suspension of the ethical. <laughs> I love Chidi. Do you want to read Michael or Jason? <laughs> uh... Michael. So this is when Michael is trying to convince the judge that uh, Jason, Eleanor, and uh, Chidi and Tahani have become better people. So Michael says, Jason, growing up in Jacksonville, what did you used to do for fun every day after school? Me and my friends whipped empty spray cans and flamingos. See? And now he's gotten so much better. Oh, it was already pretty good. When I was six, I hit one right on the butt. <laughs> uh, there we go. Reddit is dangerous. Fabulous.